Today we'll be in James chapter 4. We've gone through all of James up to chapter 4 verse 13. And uh, let's, let's read James chapter 4 verse 13. Now listen you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Let's pray. God, your word is so clear. And God, I pray that your word would change us, that your spirit would make us what we're not. And that as we look at this scripture that you have written for us, help us understand you are a sovereign God. And help us and lead us not to sin in such a way that we say we are sovereign over our own lives. Help us be people when we listen and understand your commands that our immediate response is obedience. Holy Spirit, help us understand what we do not know. Make us what we're not. In Jesus' name, amen. So this scripture is very, very simple to the core. There's not much to really preach on. It's very simple. It shouldn't take very long to explain the scripture. And hopefully, it almost explains itself through the scripture. James chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go on, go to this city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Sounds very familiar, right? We have all said that. Probably this week we may have said things like that. We're going to go do this. We're going to go do that. We're going to make money here. My plans are to do business here. My plans are to go there and do this. It's not a problem to make plans. It's good to make plans. So those who don't make plans, this is not an excuse to not make plans. Okay? We can't do that. But this is what it's saying. You're making plans. God is not involved. And there's a problem there. Why? Because you don't even know what's going on tomorrow. 
Now that's humility, right? That brings humility. I have no idea what the next second will bring. That brings light to the situation when we make plans. Let us not say, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to make money. We shouldn't do that. But we do, don't we? We all do that a lot. God is not even in the picture of our lives because we think we own our lives. Self-sovereignty is sin. You and I sometimes get into this mode of life and never even think that we could even not be here tomorrow. We think we have control of every second of every day. Some of us in here, it's not me, but some of us in here plan for 10 years. And they know exactly what they're going to do for the next 10 years. I'm not that person, but that's a good thing. It's not bad to have goals. It's not bad to set, set a high goal in a future. But the problem is, is if God's not in it. And a lot of times we set our plans on our own desires. Or we set our plans on other people and what they're doing. Yes? At least I have. I said, well, this person's here, that person's there, and it just seems like a good place to be. Or they're moving here or they're moving there, so I'll think about moving to, to that state or that place. Seems good, right? What? You don't know where they're going to be either, much less yourself. So when you make plans, think about just this week, the way you live this week. We're not even talking about holistically your life. Just this week, when you made plans to do things, was God ever in question? Was his plans ever thought of? Or was it Joseph's plans? Or was it your plans? We make plans all the time without even asking God or even saying, hey God, I'm in this situation. I have a decision to make. I want to seek your face. I want to seek your will. And you know what's crazy is that a lot of us in here probably think that we can't know the will of God. And that is absolutely false. You have a helper the Holy Spirit, God himself living in you. Do not forget that. You have guidance through the Spirit of God. Wow. Let us not forget that we can know the will of God. We can know the will of God. And in here, so many times where it says, this is what pleases God. This is, what make God, this is what makes God happy. This is the will of God. Very specific in Scripture. So when we say, I just don't know the will of God for my life. Don't fool yourself. You do know the will of God in your life. It's right 
here in the Scriptures. And if there's something specific in your life that the Scripture doesn't speak to, are you being obedient to the will of God at the moment? We're not talking about something specific about moving someplace or going to do this job. I'm talking about are you obedient to the will of God that's right here in the Scriptures? What makes us think that if we're not obedient to the will of God in the Scriptures, that when God tells us to go somewhere that we're going to be obedient? We have to look in the Scriptures, and we have to desire to please God. And it says many places in the Scriptures, this is what pleases God. You look in Scriptures where Paul, when he writes people, and he writes letters to these people, the churches, this is what he tells them most of the time. I plan on coming to see you. I desire to see you. But if it's the Lord's will, I will come see you. So when Paul is traveling, spreading the gospel, going planting churches, even in that, God led him to not go to certain places and led him to go certain places. Do you believe that? Because it says in the scripture that the Holy Spirit said, do not go here, Paul. You have the same spirit of God in you. And you can know the will of God. But the problem is, we make these plans and we say we're going to do this and we're going to do that and we're going to make money here. And we're not sovereign over our own life. At all. God is has all power, all authority. Everything that happens here on earth or doesn't happen here on earth is in his hands. And until we understand the sovereignty of God and believe it, then we will never be able to let go of our self-sovereignty. That sin that constantly says, I own my life. I make my own plans. What I desire, I will do. Here it says, you have no control of tomorrow. Let's read what it says. Verse 14 says, why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. Tomorrow is uncertain. You don't know what will happen tomorrow, the next day or the next, or a year. You have no idea what will come. And then he even gets more specific. He says, There's uncertainty, but then there's brevity, right? It says, what is your life? You are a mist. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. The sun goes up and it comes down. That is your life. It is quick. It is brief. So, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And then he says, you don't even know if you're going to be here tomorrow. That's how, hum- that's how uncertain, that's how the, the humility of the word, it makes us humble when we understand that we don't even have tomorrow. We may not even have that day. And we understand that through death in our families. We understand that at any point, we can leave this earth. At any point. So then let's read on. It says, Instead, you ought to say, 
If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or do that. Here's the thing. Can you say that and still not, your attitude is not that? We can say, if it's the Lord's will, but in our heart, you're saying, I don't care anything about the Lord's will. What you say can be empty, right? We all have empty words at moments. What we say can be empty. This is not what James is talking about. James is talking about your attitude and what you say are one. You mean what you say. And that's what he says. He said, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. It's a very simple question that I want to ask you. Is that your attitude daily? If this is the Lord's will, do you wake up self-sovereign or do you wake up trusting in the Lord and His sovereignty? How do we wake up in the morning and start our day? How do we live our week to week? Do we live in such a way that when we wake up, we don't even think about what God has for us? Or do we wake up in such a way that we say, God, you have something for me today. I know you have plans for me today. And whatever it is, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to do your will. It's a state of surrender. It's a state of authority. You are under his authority. We talked about submission last time I preached, and we need to submit to the Lord and his authority. Because if we're not in submission, how can we know the will of God? We all want to say, I want to know the will. I want to know the will of God. But are we willing to first say, I want to submit to your will. I am ready to do whatever it is, even if it's not enjoyable, even if it's not easy. I want to do whatever you ask me to do. Because just a question, if, if you're not there, will God show you his will? If you're not there, is God going to reveal his will to you if you're not even surrendered to him yet you have to surrender yourself under his authority and he will show you his will and he will guide you he will lead you lean not on your own understanding right because our understanding is but now it's in the present and what we knew in the past but tomorrow we know nothing. And that's a good thing. Because there's two things that will happen if we know our future, I believe. Pride. We see our success. And we look and we say, man, that's who I'm going to be. Or arrogance. Right? But then there's two, there's those moments. The moments that we don't like. And there's darkness. All we know is now. All we know is today. That's all we know. The next second is unknown. 
Then in verse 16 it says, As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. When we speak as if we know tomorrow and what's going to happen, it's actually boasting. We say we know what's going to happen and this is what we're going to do. That's boasting. It's, it's self-sovereignty. I know that's going to happen. I know exactly how much money I'm going to make. I plan on going here or there. But you have no idea. And God says that's evil. That's unrighteousness. It's not righteous to speak that way and be that arrogant and boast. Humility is a theme throughout James. Humble yourself before the Lord. And he will lift you up. We must be humble before the Lord. And we must be humble enough to know that he is sovereign. And that he is in control of every single moment in our life. Do you believe that, church? That he is sovereign over every moment of your life. He is the giver of life. But he also is the giver of death. He has in your hand the very life that you hold in your body. He gave you your soul. He breathed breath. He had breath in your nostrils. Life only comes from Him. But He says your days are numbered. And some people think that's horrible and that's depressing. It's not. It's comforting to know that God holds all things together. And he sustains everything. Jesus sustains all things with his hands. That's comforting. Because if he didn't, who would be in charge? And who would sustain all things? It couldn't be us. We didn't create this place. We didn't form our bodies. We didn't cause the Spirit to live within us. We did none of that. And the problem is we think we're there. But we should be here. He's creator. We're the created. He's in heaven. We're on earth. And the moment we humble ourselves before the Lord, we will be able to say, whatever your will is, God. Whatever your will. We want to do your will. But if we're not humble and we're prideful, our lives are our own and our desires are our own. And we think nothing of God and we live our life every single day to the moment we are born, to the moment we die for self. And the reality is we will all stand before God. We will all stand before God. And you will live eternally one way or the other, somewhere either in heaven or in hell. And it really doesn't matter what car you had. It really doesn't matter where you went to make money. None of those things matter. It really doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank, how much security you have in the bank. Because one day we will stand before God and the only thing that matters is if we put our faith in him and we live by faith. 
Lastly, it says, verse 17, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Some people think that scripture isn't clear. I feel like it's so clear that we go to that side where we're like, it's, it just doesn't seem clear. It's so clear that it may not seem clear because it's cut and dry. It's in our face. If you know what to do and then you don't do it, then it is sin for you. It is that simple. If you know something God has told you, like make disciples. Make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I commanded you, and I am with you to the end of the age. That is a command from Jesus Christ. To teach, to baptize, to disciple. If you know that, and you don't do it, then it is sin for you. You think about most of the parables that Jesus spoke. You see the good Samaritan. What happens? This love for a neighbor doesn't happen with the Pharisee. It doesn't happen with the Levite. They know to love their neighbor, but they pass them by. Most of the parables are that way. Gives a coin or gives a, some money, but does nothing with it, just hides it. You know God has given you things. You know God has blessed you, gifted you, talent. You have much because of God. He has blessed you. But if all you do is sit and be lazy and slothful, and never go out and, and use what God has given you, that is sin for you. Because you know God has given you those things, but you are disobedient. We all know what it means to sin, know something, and then don't do it. God has probably called you to speak to somebody. The Holy Spirit is is telling you, go speak to this person. Share the gospel. You're like, I don't know this guy. I don't know this girl. We're just meeting. How, don't, how am I supposed to approach? But we don't do it. That is sin for you. If God asks you to do something, if God tells you to do something in his scripture, our immediate response should be obedience. We listen to God and we obey. That's what it means to walk in faith. When we hear what God says to us and we understand it through His Spirit, we obey the Lord. But if we're self sovereign, if we lean on our own understandings, if we think we're in control of tomorrow, we will never be at that point where we say, Lord, what you say, I will do. But James is very clear. If you know, you hear, you listen, you understand what God has spoken in his scriptures and the Holy Spirit is telling you to do, and you don't do it, it's not okay. It is sin. And it's not just sin. It's sin against a holy God. 
you're sinning against a God who is perfect and glorious and gracious. You're sinning against God. And that should cause us to weep and wail and mourn, as it says in the Scriptures before, as we talked about. True repentance. The things that that has been, been spoken about previously in James. How have you lived that out? What about your quarrels and your fighting and your own desires? It's been two weeks since we, pre- we looked at that and I preached on that. How have you lived that out? The Christian church has come to a place where we want to hear and we know so much but obedience is optional. That is not the church. Everywhere you see in Acts, you see people hear what God tells them to do in obedience. You see all the men of faith that we went through in Hebrews. God asked them, and they obeyed. That is obedience. That is true fellowship with the Father. That is true relationship with God. When we, when we sit at His feet and truly seek His face and truly seek His will. And not just to know it and not just to have wisdom. Because with true wisdom is a man or a woman who lives out what they know. If you just know something, it's just knowledge. But wisdom, true wisdom... Godly wisdom is a person who lives in peace. It's a person who loves his neighbor. It's not just a person who knows to love his neighbor. It's not a person who knows to be peaceful. It's not a person who knows to give to the poor. It's a person who does those things. That's what true wisdom is. I want to read you a scripture in Hebrews chapter 13. This is a very, very important scripture that I've held on to when it comes to the will of God. Turn to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. If you don't have a piece of paper, put it in your phone, in your notes. It's, this is a very important scripture. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with every good, everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. How will we do the will of God? It is through Christ working in us. It is through Christ equipping us for His good works, for His will. The moment we say we can do God's will on our own is the moment we step back into self-sovereignty. 
understand this. That it is Jesus Christ who made peace through his blood. And it is through Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, that will equip you for everything good, for doing everything good, for doing his will. That's why we preach here at the Oaks that the gospel doesn't stop with the moment we come to know Jesus. Jesus is important from day one through the whole sanctification process till we are glorified with him. You cannot know and do the will of God unless you completely surrender to Jesus daily. He equips you. He's the good shepherd of the sheep. I have some scriptures here that uh, speak of God's sovereignty. Uh, Job 38. Go to Job 38, and uh, we'll, we'll read a little bit of that. If you never read Job, go and read the whole thing at once. It's so good. Job 38. Job questions God, and this is God's response. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. He said, Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. Where were you? When I laid the earth's foundations, tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garments and wrapped it in a thick, uh, thick darkness, when I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place, when I said, this far you may come and no farther, here is where your proud waves halt. Have you ever given orders to the morning, shown the dawn its place, that it may take the earth by the edges and shake the wicked out of it? The earth takes shape like clay, under a seal, if features stand out like those of garment. And there's so much there in chapter 38. Who did this? Who did that? Who holds the earth on nothing? Where is its foundations? God is sovereign. God is good. And we understand through his scriptures that God holds all things in his hands and he sustains all things. And the moment we truly believe God is sovereign, 
that doctrine of sovereignty should be studied and understood by all of us because it affects the way we live our life. It does. God's will, I'm just going to read out some, some uh, scripture for you. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. 1 Thessalonica 5, 18. Micah 6, 8. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Romans 12, 1 through 3. Romans 1, uh, verse 10. All those scriptures speak. Just That's just a few. All those scriptures speak exactly what God's will is. It says, this is the will of God. 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 Over and over in the scriptures, all the way from the Old Testament to the New. So we have no excuse to say, I do not know the will of God. For his will is made perfect in his word. And we know his will through his word and through his spirit. So this scripture is very clear to me. There's frailty in our lives. There's uncertainty. God is sovereign, and we are not. And when we make plans, we make plans based upon what God wants, not what we want. And the question is, are you doing that? Because if you're not doing that, then it is sin to you. If you know to trust in the Lord and seek His face and His plans, and you're not doing that, it is sin to you. Let's pray.